Amen. God bless everyone, brothers and sisters. Why don't we pray for the tithes and the offerings and ask the Lord uh, to bless uh, this service also. Amen. Lord Jesus, we come before you, Father. We're grateful again for the opportunity you gave us here, Lord, just to worship and praise you and glorify you, Lord, and to recognize you, Jesus, to recognize you as our center point, Jesus. It's with, without you, Father, we do find this void. We ask, Father, that you just you bless us, Lord, in a mighty way with opening up our eyes and our ears and our hearts, everything that was said from the beginning, Lord, until the very end of service. We're also asking, Lord, that you bless these tithes and these offerings, Father, and that you just strengthen this church and this ministry and continue to bless our pastor and his health, Lord, and his desire that he has, Lord, to preach and just to be involved and engaged with the church, Lord. We're grateful. We ask this all in your precious and holy name. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Y'all may be seated, brothers and sisters, everyone, this morning. I felt like we had a little revival. We haven't had a revival in a while. Some of y'all don't even know what a revival is, but it's when, when your spirit gets awoken. Awake, O oh spirit. That's where you, you have multiple words coming, God bless the band, coming to you in one day, but all with one purpose, amen? To awaken our spirit that sometimes falls asleep. And I love hearing from people who have a track record. I like to hear from people that have a track record. You see, you can't inspire someone unless you let someone in to your life. Amen. I, like, I like when people expose themselves to the process of God doing something. Because I believe that's what God shows off when we let it out. When we hide it and we try to fake it to make it, God can't fix it. But God can fix it when we expose it, when we bring it to the light. He promises to be there. And I like hearing pastor, and I said, he has a track record, and we've heard his testimonies of being in front of his grave and saying, grave, you ain't got me yet. So I know he struggles with depression. And I'm proud of the man of God that's been a leader in my life to inspire me to say heart disease, cancer, depression, diabetes, I can let you take me. I got my grandkids that I got to inspire. I got a church that I got to lead. And God bless him because I know it ain't easy. I know it ain't easy and I know he needs these opportunities to, to speak about how good God is. Amen. Amen. The title of today's message is Scratches and Scars. <laughs> scratches and Scars. Amen. Not Scratch and Sniff. Heard that one earlier. Not Scratches and Scare like I spelled it. <laughs> the scratches and Scars. Amen. God bless the kids and the youth this afternoon as they continue to get inspired at their level. Amen. 
How many, of them, how many of us are praying that the youth and the kids can be inspired at their level? Oh, you don't know what you're not praising God for. They're the future. We, we got to get them to get inspired so they could change the community, so they could change the world. Some of them are our kids and we're barely hammered. Hallelujah. And you know the problems that are at home. <laughs> Scratches and scars. This message is a continuing message of what we've been talking about as a church. The differences between scratches and scars. Some of us, we don't understand what a scratch can turn into if you keep on irritating it. Keep on going back to it. How it can get infected. become something more than what it was. Some of us don't understand that the scars that we have, Jesus bore a heavier scar for ours. And that it's just up to us to release them and to be healed from them. We sometimes struggle with holding on to things. We sometimes struggle with holding on to scratches. I got a funny story about that. Or Lorenzo. He still mentions a scratch that got put on his truck. How many years ago was that, Brother Lorenzo? Get the camera on him, Brother Anthony. He rolled up his eyes right now on me. How many years ago was that? 2001, there he is, August the 15th on his pickup truck, 345 in the afternoon, I'm relaying the message, (laughs) nah, he doesn't, he didn't hold on to that, but it's funny how he does remember it though, and sometimes we hold on to scratches, I'm going to tell you a quick little story about myself. I love shoes. They don't have to be expensive shoes. I just love shoes. But I hate getting scratches on them. I mean, I'll take off a pair of shoes and i look at them and be like, oh, man. But they're shoes. And there's a reality that they're going to get scratches on them. I mean, you get something new, you're just like, oh, man, you're just, you're holding it like a baby. You're bringing it back to a soft little pillow area. Pretty soon, you forget about that value, and it's just like, where is that thing at? Oh, that's the bottom of my drawer. You pull it all out, buttons are falling out of it. Because we forget. And God is asking us to forget the scratches. So they don't be turned into scars. That takes a higher power to remove out of our lives at times. What's a scratch in your life? It's an offense sometimes. It really offended me that that brother didn't come and shake my hand. It really offended me that that sister didn't say thank you. Didn't smile the way she smiles at me sometimes. 
We're talking about scratches that have no relevance, that we magnify, that we amplify, that sometimes they magnetize themselves to the scars. Am I talking to someone this morning? Is someone understanding what I'm talking about? Is somebody, is this relatable to someone this morning? That we choose, we choose to put the level of the scratch. Some of us, we talk about scratches like they're scars. You're like thinking like, man, that's, ooh, that's terrible. When did that happen? Yesterday. Oh, man, I thought you this happened when you're, years ago, the way you made it sound like. You made it sound like this thing was a massive. No, it just happened this morning. Oh, man, you were talking about it like you've been holding on to this thing for years. God wants us to put our priorities straight and get our priorities straight and understand the power that he's given us. We talked about authority on Friday. We talked about Speaking to whatever's in us on Wednesday. Some of us don't want to have that conversation because we know where that conversation's at. We know what it is. It's us. It's our desires of our hearts. It's the flesh pulling us. It's it's what we see on TV that we want to be. It's the white picket fence that you might never have now. That the world grabbed you. You see, you got to understand the differences. The Bible talks about differences. We got to understand Jacob's journey and we got to understand David's journey. You know there's a difference between either one of them? See, some of us don't understand that. You see, Jacob started with deceiving his father. He started in a sinful act and his journey was long and it was hard. I was a Jacob. You see, David, I'm a youth, respectful, worship God. His path was a little easier. But then we see David struggling. Because God said, it can't be too easy, David. Oh, you ain't hearing me. You ain't hearing me. See, some of us, we might have had a David path, but we're now in the struggle like David was in. And Jacob fought, and he labored for his blessing. Oh, I ask many, I ask many a times, God, God, why am I in this Jacob life right now? Why am I in this Jacob season? And he said, ah, I need to take you back. Smell. You remember that smell? You remember sin? We question ourselves. Well, I'm here at church and I'm doing this. Look at your life. Like I had to look at my life. Have you given your heart completely? No, you haven't. We expose ourselves in a thousand different ways. Today, we have social media that just allows us to know how committed we are. I don't know who I'm talking to. I might not be talking to anybody again. I'll talk to myself. But if we turn to Psalms 147.3, we start to get inspired by the words of David. He says here, He healeth the broken in heart. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. Come on now. If he's healed your broken heart or if he's healing your broken heart, this is how you tell him, Jesus, I believe you. And mindeth up their wounds. How many of y'all are wounded? If you ain't wounded, you ain't doing it right. 
Because his promise was that he would be with us. He did say that we had to be here. I don't know who I'm talking to again. But you got to hear me that just because he's with you doesn't mean you're not going to get touched. I don't know what lie you've heard. We see people that followed Jesus to their death and they were touched. You hear Paul saying the stripes he had and they were touched and we don't even want wind to blow on us. We're too PC these days, too politically correct. We, you know, Jesus, I want, I want the Jesus. I want the Jesus that, that tells, let the children come to me. But when you experience Jesus, you experience his hurt, his hurt like we talked about. You ain't experienced his hurt until you desire someone you love to come to Jesus. Then you know his hurt. Then you're experiencing Jesus. And he says, I promise you, you will experience it. You will drink from my cup. And some of us are drinking from his cup right now, and we hurt, and we're hurting, and we're hurt, and we're hurting. But we got to understand this hurt is what keeps us grounded as we come to him and say, Jesus, I need you. I'm alone, Jesus. Oh, I'm alone. I'm alone in this world, but Jesus said, so was I. I was here too with you. I was here one time and experiencing the pain you're experiencing. He abandoned me. I called upon my strength to let it be your will, not mine. Thank you, Lord, for your strength. El sana a los quebrantados de corazón y liga sus heridas. Tenemos un Dios, hermanos, que siempre, siempre está con nosotros sanando nuestros quebramentos, cosas que pasan en nuestra vida. No importa. La cosa es que necesitamos a entender cuándo pasó. When did the moment happen that caused me to hurt? You see, it could have been a scratch that turned into a scar. Have you ever heard somebody, have you ever heard somebody and they just go and it started with the scratch and now it's the, it started with, you remember when you do, it's a scratch and you're hearing the scratch all the way to the scar? And God just takes you back on that journey. You're like, whoa, I didn't realize that. And it's how we handle it. It's how we handle it. You see, it's up to us. It's up to us on how we handle things. You see, you see, Moses, man, he had a big job in front of him. Anybody can agree with that? And the first thing Jesus tells him to do is to pick up. That snake. Oh, you ain't hearing me. You guys don't want to hear this. You don't want to hear it. If you want to hear it, you got to let that spirit, you got to let God in today, brothers and sisters. You see, he says, you know what? Pick up that snake and handle it. 
And as soon as he grabbed it, it turned into the staff that he would use to free his people. You see, there's something in front of you that's intimidating you, but you got to handle it. The moment you grab it is the moment you can use it. What do you need a handle today? 1 Peter 2.24. Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. You see, we talked about Wednesday dry bones and the reason that they were dry. Even though they were alive, they were dead. Because this world starts to pull, starts to introduce, starts to diagnose you. And I see God here in this moment just taking all the stripes, hanging on that cross, knowing what this world was going to make it, how easy it would label something so you could justify it. How easy it would excuse sin and create reasons for sin. It doesn't take anything away from him bearing our sins on that cross to heal our wounds. If you're wounded, if you're hurting, you've got to come to him. He's paid the price, a redeemer, a God, king of kings, Lord of lords, the alpha, the omega, the lion and the lamb, the rock of my salvation, my tower and refuge. The list goes on, bread of life, living waters. Oh, you want to talk to something? You just start to tell them Jesus' titles. You want to talk to someone? You, just, you, could, you could lose yourself just in going through all of them. Mighty God. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Galatians 5.19. Now we get into what's evident in the scars. And I like how it starts here. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. It, it prefaces what it's about to discuss by letting you know that this is the flesh and what it produces. It's a difficult, it's a difficult thing to read because some of these things we realize that we're too much in the flesh. But Paul here, when he's talking to the Galatians, he says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleansedness, shivishness, 
verse 20. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I've told, also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, it's interesting that a lot of these things, they're all different levels, right? You know, it didn't all stay at a 10 on the sin level. It'd go, you know, oh, mm, mm, mm. you would think like, oh, oh, you know, done that one. Paul wants to make us understand that the flesh is going to be all over the place. And sometimes our scratches all over the place. And we're here and we're in our scratches that God just wants to wipe away. How many of us want a God that can just wipe away scratches? See, our God, our God will just wipe them away. And yet, and yet we feel so convicted, not understanding about his grace and mercy, that, that, that we, we, we don't even allow him to touch us. Oh, you can't see me like this, God. I'm hiding behind the tree right now. Adam and Eve, where are you at? Oh, you can't see me like this right now, God. Where are you at? That's something I got to tell y'all. You can't see me, God. I can't let you see me like this. Oh, that's just a scratch. Come over here. Let me fix you up. We don't come to him. And what was a scratch became, becomes a scar. Now the therapy has to start with him. He's got to search deeper within you. Got to make you realize that this all could have been wiped away at the beginning. Some of us are dealing with scratches right now, and we got to be aware of them. Don't turn into these scars. Some of us are dealing with scars, and all our other scratches are magnetized to them. And now it's just so confusing. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to have God start in me, we say. But right here, it tells us that the flesh, the flesh, the flesh is looking forward to, to scratching you up. To scarring you up, to discouraging you. The flesh is your enemy. But your enemy has a use when you subject it to the Lord. Just like a horse can be your enemy knocking you off until you direct it, the bridle it, and it gets you for the spirit. Is to get you, and it's subjected to a greater power than itself. Our flesh is our enemy, and these are the scars of our enemy, but our God has given us authority over our flesh. 
to direct it, to guide it. We, we, we need it. It's what touches the ground first every morning is your flesh. And your flesh doesn't want to, like Pastor was talking about. You know, your flesh will, will start to bring so many things to tell you you don't need to. You're, you're, you can't. And I like, man, the little toe, man, I got no chance now. How many of y'all ain't got no chance now? How many of y'all were praising with the toe this morning? How many toe praisers did we have here this morning? Did you miss what he said? If you're over here feeling like you can't do it, it hurts here, it hurts there, just let one toe do it. I hear somebody saying that that has so many afflictions, so many things that they're going through that they, they have every reason not to be here. They're like, from the very beginning, if I die here, what a place to die at. Jesus, help us to see this great battle we have, Father. That we can't do it alone. We need you, Father. Hebrews 12, 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, let any root of bitterness springing up trouble in you and thereby many be defiled. Now listen to this, brothers and sisters. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many become defiled. Now listen to this. Listen to this. The scratches will defile you. The scratches try to keep you away. Your flesh is looking to be offended to stop you from the progress that God has in you. See, see, we're looking to be offended. We're looking for bitterness. Bitterness wants to come out right now because the flesh is like, I'm going to use all of my senses to make sure you don't receive the fix that God has for you. And Paul says right here that the root of bitterness, we talked about this, you got to get to the root of things, the root cause of your issue. You see, we forget it because of all those scratches. Like, man, it's a lot of stuff right now. It's this, it's that, it's this, this, this. No, 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 no. Go back. Go back. It was something. It was a void that you started feeling that hurt you, that made you bitter, that made you angry. Now I have a conversation with that. Now you tell that, really? That was 1984. And that happened. What was it again? 2001, August. Coming around, anniversary coming up. And that bitterness, you speak to it. And you tell it that Jesus paid a great price for that wound. I'm going to give it to him. And that bitterness needs to leave. We have regret that comes sometimes. If I would have just done it this way, if I would have just waited, if I would have just 
handle it differently, if I wouldn't have done this, if I wouldn't have done that, oh, man. But that does to you. Makes you lose today. Oh, you, you're, you're missing it. See, you did it. It's, it doesn't happen now. It's over. Give it to God now and move on. Because see, what happens is it, 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 it unravels you. Pastor talked about a web. Oh, man, you get, you ever seen something trying to get out of a web? And what does it do? Ties itself up even more. I mean, a spider just sits back and it has his legs propped up, has a little hammock that it makes, and it just sits there and it's like, oh, man, this Okay, try to get out. You're just making it harder. And that's our enemy. But that moment, we sit back and we say, Jesus, right now I'm trying to fix something that I can't change. But I can change this today. Not 10 years ago, 10 months ago, this morning. You think I'm just playing around? How many of this morning moments did we have? How many scratches did you get on your way to church? You see, we got to learn how to just get, let God wipe those scratches off. I, 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 love, I love technology because it teaches me a lot about spiritualness. We have a guy at our office that he's always telling you, okay, guys, there's a major update coming up. Gabby smiles because it's the same guy. Liz, too. We got a major update coming up. Need you to leave your PCs on. Make sure you uh, log off and have this. He goes through a whole process because what it's going to do, we've got some security updates that are coming through. But you know what? When I call him up, say, hey, I'm having a problem. You know what he tells me to do? What does he tell you to do, Brother Lorenzo? Restart your computer. And some of us are having a hard time restarting. And that's all it's going to take. That's all it takes to fix it. It fixed the problem. That's why I told you to do it. All it takes is for us to restart and let God say, all right, God, I'm trusting in you. You're absolutely right, Jesus. You bore these for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> forgiveness. We, see, this is where we, we, we've had so many beautiful messages in the past, you know, the bitterness of holding on to something. But forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness isn't for the person you offended. It's also for yourself to let it go. That person needs to figure it out. You figured it out. You asked for forgiveness. It's done. Amen. Free yourself. Restart. Oh, but it's hard because of this. That's not your struggle anymore. You let God deal with that. You start loving yourself like God loved you with that, that day he said, you're forgiven. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that. Some of us are still holding on to some stuff. It's those scratches. We got magnetized to the scar. We go to the root. Kill it. 
and you'll see things won't go to it anymore. But the smell will be there. Remind you to also lead you to other people you can help. But your smell changes. You see, you're, 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 you're missing it. See, the smell is still an awareness of what it was. I've smelled that before. Oh, man, there's someone right here in front of me struggling with what I struggled. But you, you start to give a sweet smell. I talks about it. That reaches his throne. Oh, brothers and sisters. See, some of us aren't excited enough. We're struggling in that sweet smell. We, we smelling it. We're stepping in it. We stepped in it this morning. That's why we're struggling. Uh-oh. Old man came out. Old person came out. You see, because we got to understand that those scratches, though they're many, <laughs> ever seen something really scratched up? Oof. You're like, I don't know if I can buff this one out. Right, Brother Raul? Brother Raul is good. You know, I've, I've seen some of the stuff that he's brought, brought back, and he'll paint it, he'll do everything, but it's, some of it's a struggle, right, brother? Some people did it not. At that moment, you see the perfect one take it and the love he puts into it. Ooh, Jesus, thank you for your love because you make it new again. You make it shine again. Oh, we're so, some of us are so holding on to stuff that nobody even knows about. Can't even smile, Andrea. Nobody knows. I had to learn how to smile. You heard my testimony on Wednesday. I'd be all grumpy cat too up here. Everybody's still trying to figure out. I wonder what Brother Gabe was talking about that he did the night before the service. I can still smile though because I know even through that he reached me he spoke to me he spoke life in me the scratches that led to the scar were healed and then he started the process you got to learn how to love yourself like I loved you Gabriel you got to learn how to forgive yourself like I forgave you Gabriel Ooh, and that journey, that journey was tough. It was tough. It was up and down, but man, I held on to him. We are in turbulent times. Those scratches have to be wiped away, and those scars begin to be, begin to be healed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your healing, your healing words of life, your healing words of life. So the root of bitterness. How many of us have experienced the root of bitterness? Get to the root of it. Anything. Root cause. And you'll see God. See God there with you. Just like, oh, you finally showed up. Oh, man, I've been right here. Yeah. Yeah, just hanging out. I'm so glad you're here now. Let's talk. Oh, God, you know, it took me a while to get here because of all these scratches. 
Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> Do I know? Now that you're here, let's get to the root. Hurt, pain, the abandonment, the void, the struggle. Oh, and he lays it down in ways, brothers and sisters, and you're like, Jesus, free me from this. Free me from this. Free me from this. And he's like, I will. I will. Because he's a way maker. Life changer. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Ephesians 4.31, amen. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now listen, brothers and sisters. Go back one, brother. 31. See, your scratches can be healed if we don't take the journey with what Paul was saying here in Ephesians. You see, your scratches look to discourage you to being kind one to another, being tenderhearted. We, again, will diagnose it and say, oh, I just don't deal good with people. You can't get to the, to the fix before showing the fix that you are submitting to God's command here. And I like the way it says right here. It says, forgiving one another. This is kind of my, my slang, right? Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. You see, we forget. We forget this process. See, we want God to come and just wipe that scratch away to fix us, but we ain't wiping that and forgiving and moving on people. We, we want God to do it for us when we do it, but we're not doing it for people. It, it's like we don't ever do anything, but we want God to do it in the people. And it says here, because we keep on reading verse 32, you see, when we start to do that, we don't, we don't let bitterness, wrath, and anger, more and evil speakings into us. We don't give room to the flesh the moment we say, God, wipe it. God, reset it. God, refresh it. Prayer in the morning, prayer in the noontime, prayer in the evening. When you don't do that, it magnetizes itself. And it looks for the root. And there it gets stuck. But when you get to the root and you actually saw what was there. You see, because some of us think it's just, it's an action that, you know, that recently happened. It's not an action that recently happened. Are you kidding me? It goes deeper than that. You, you, you ain't hearing me. 
We're having an Oprah moment right now, a Dr. Phil moment. It's deeper than that. I had to search deeper than a moment when it happened to me. I had to look beyond the act and look in the mirror at myself. And I found what it was. And when I was standing there at that root with Jesus, Jesus said, you want it gone? Oh, man, you never know I want it gone. I'll take it. I'll take it. Take it. You know what he told me? He said, praise me right now. Oh, you don't want to even hear it? You don't want to hear it because it's too hard. He told me, praise me right now. And I praised him. And oh, thank you, Lord. It's gone. Because I found out what it was that day in me. In me. Not in anybody else around me, but in me. And when I'm sitting there and the root is demagnetized and all the scratches just fall off of it, and God's like, I'm like, all right, God. Praise the Lord. I can do this. You're right. You have taught me to do this. And I experienced his power. Or it would have been something that would have destroyed me. And I'm grateful for God's hand. But I couldn't let bitterness, I couldn't wrath, wrath and anger enter. I had to keep it at bay. I had to keep it at bay. How many of us need to keep it at bay? The scratches. The scars, we had to get to the root of them. If we turn to Psalms 34, 17, amen. The righteousness cry and the Lord heareth. How many of us, I experienced this that night. I, I, I cried. I, I, I still remember my conversation. God, if this is because of sin, forgive me. If this is testing my faith, give me strength. And the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth them. And delivereth them out of all their troubles. I thank you, Lord, for delivering me. And to this day, Jesus, you have not failed me once. And you see, there's perks. There's perks. There's advantages. There's a status change when righteousness is bestowed upon you. You see, it, it, it takes work. It's not something that you just snub your nose up and look away from people that need help. But when you get to that point where you have been tested in God, anoints you, his son and daughter, 
You want to own that moment of righteousness. Because you know the perk that comes with it. When I cry to my father, he showed. Oh, God, help me to be righteous. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus, to always look upon you, Father, in everything. To humble myself before you, Jesus. Not to lift myself up more, Father. But to let you take me to places, valleys at times, but also mountaintops. As your, as your word has said, Father, but I want to be righteous so you can hear my cry. Verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Listen to that, brothers and sisters. The Lord is there. The Lord is there in that bitterness. The Lord is there at that scar waiting for you. He's there. How long has he been waiting there? How long have the scratches not allowed God to get to the scar? And he's there. When you show up, he's like, whoa. And we show up. There's preachings that we're, we're opening up doors. God's opening up doors and preachings and messages. And you're almost there. And you're almost there. And if you would have just pushed a little bit more, if you would have just opened up that last door, you would have seen God at the scar. But the scratches got in the way again. And you just turn right back around and started shutting every door that was opened for you. How did I get back to this place? God can open it all the way through. He's waiting for me. Oh, Jesus. I still remember my moment, God. I remember my moment when you were there, Jesus. And I knew it was you, Father. I knew it was you, Lord, that was waiting for me there. Verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of all of them. You see, brothers and sisters, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it just, it's a free pass and it gets easier. You don't want to hear this because, again, we're too soft. We're too, we're too new-aged. And God wants you to know that many are going to be the afflictions. Why are you smiling, Brother Gabe, when you say that? I can't change it. It's a realness to it. But look what it says here, that the Lord, the Lord, the Lord will deliver us in them going through afflictions right now you're going through struggles right now you haven't experienced this 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 promise from god is he still waiting at the root and understanding that he can heal you and that his stripes have healed your scars already give it to him 
Verse 20. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. You see, brothers and sisters, we struggle a lot of the times with the world and the pain that it brings. We struggle a lot of the times. We struggle, we struggle, we struggle, we struggle, we struggle. Afflictions, there are many, but you know what? Without God, oof. The confusion, the problems that it brings without God. Help me, Jesus, to see you in my afflictions. To see that you bore a greater affliction than what I'm going through, Father. The sins of the world, which included mine, Father, and the promise of your salvation, which is mine, Father. Redemption is mine, Father. As you healed me with your wounds. You saved me, Father, because you didn't allow the flesh to convince you that you couldn't go through it, Jesus. You subjected the flesh to the obedience, to the obedience of the will of God. It's the obedience of the will of God. It's, it's the prayer that I asked when I walked up the steps of this church and I said, God, this is because of sin. Forgive me. But if this is to strengthen my faith, help me. Some of us are in the faith moment right now and you need, your, you need help from God. But it's in you. It's in you. God will show you it's in you. It's the moment. It's when your education, it's when your life experiences here in church now get to be put to action. It's where the amens, the hallelujahs, the praising, the lifting up of hands. You see, when we stop doing that, it's because we feel that we don't need to learn anymore or we feel we know it already, but we got to be prepared for that day that comes to all of us. The affliction day. And so you got to remind yourself what it is to lift up your hands. You got to remind yourself what it is to say amen and hallelujah. You got to remind yourself because you're human and you forget it if you don't use it. Every once in a while, we got to shout for victory because we forget it if we don't use it. Every once in a while, we got to yell, charge! Because if we're attacking our enemy, we want them to know who's coming. You always see the battles in the Bible. Jesus saying, make a sound, and you'll see how I'll control the volume. Oh, Jesus, help me to make a sound. Oh, because my faith is afflicted. I'm hurting Jesus in ways. <laughs> we even have the nerve to say that, right? I'm hurting ways, Jesus, that you don't know. Help me, Lord, to see 
but it's obvious to you that it's at the root. It's at the scar. Uh, you can tell when people have had their with God at the scar moments. You can see them a little, a little different. They smile. They praise God a little bit more. They're free. They're free. I want to be free. How many of us want to be free? Amen. You can proclaim it, brothers and sisters. God's given you the authority to, to pull it down, this freedom, to be free indeed. The truth will set you free. Liberty is yours. But the scratches get in the way of your identity. You ever, you ever looked at a scratched up mirror? Anybody? Is just me? You ever looked at a really scratched up mirror? Like somebody tried to polish it with sandpaper? You're just like, that's the way we look at sometimes. And we think God looks at us because we're looking through scratches. And you see, our God has a vision. And it says that the word will penetrate, right, the depths of the soul. You see, our God looks beyond. He looks beyond the scratches, the outer appearance of someone that's looking to transform. God looks beyond that. If you're in the process of transformation, God's not looking at you in your scratches. He's still waiting for you at the root, at the scar. How many of us know our scars? Anybody? Anybody know a scar? Some of us are afraid to, you know, pastor, I heard pastor, I'm so glad he gave time because people just started coming in towards the end of it. Some of us, you know, we don't think we got any scars. Oh, you still got scars. That's not finished with you yet. You got scars that are new every day. I'm not even talking about 20-year scars. I'm talking about a scar from this morning. Help me, God, to get to the scar. And find you there. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded. Our God was wounded for our transgressions. You see, our God couldn't have a scar, so he made scars to be relatable so he could let us know that whatever we have, he could take it. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And say this all together. And with his stripes, we are healed. You see, don't give room to the devil. 
when you open up that last door and you see God there at the scar. Don't give room to the devil and thinking, God, you can't understand what I've been through. That sin wasn't even invented back when you were here. That hurt wasn't even invented back when you were here. Because he can, and he can relate to your scar. And by his scars, we are healed. Oh, Jesus, I want to be healed. I want to be healed, Father. I want to be healed, Jesus. I want to put some work into this, Jesus. I just don't want to leave here and think it's just enough to be here. I know it takes work when I leave here. I know it takes reviewing. It takes moments just with you, Jesus, to say, okay, let me get to it. Let me get past the scratches and get to the scar, the root of the problem. I will find Jesus there. You speak to people that have found Jesus at their scars. And it doesn't mean that it stops with the scratches. It means we have somebody that we trust that will wipe them away. And they become less. Oh, I don't want to go back to a scar that God healed. I don't want to go back to a scar that God healed. You kidding me? How horrible is that? Go back to something that God has healed. How bad is that? When you know God has healed it and you just go right back to it and say, oh, I'm going to get you to come back out again, scar. Are you kidding me? Well, that's crazy talk. I'm going to pick at you because I know you're there. Oh, nah. I ain't got no desire of that. Because when you feel the freedom of God and you want to proclaim him, you want to glorify him, and you want to move on to the scratches now. Wipe them. Wipe them. He said them. And I tell you, the devil wants to come and revisit and say, are you sure he's healed your scar? Sure you were truly healed? Oh, and there comes the temptation. And how do you show the devil that you're truly healed? By saying, yes, I am. And not falling into them. Oh, you don't want to hear me, do you? Because it takes work. You don't want to hear me, do you? Oh, if you only knew the work it took for me. It takes work, brothers and sisters. It's work. It's every single moment. Our enemy does not rest until he devours us. When you know it's his mechanism, then you just back up and you say, "Uh -uh. uh-uh, uh-uh. I met Jesus at that scar. It's not there no more. Leave me, lying devil. Leave me. Second Corinthians twelve nine. Oh, Paul. Oh, Paul, if you could just open yourself up, Paul, and show me your scar, Paul. 
Oh, Paul, oh, mighty apostle Paul. What could you have ever had, Paul? Well, could you imagine some of his scars? I'm thankful that I don't have some of Paul's scars. Being there when brothers were assassinated or killed, standing there seeing Stephen die. Could you imagine that wound? Paul standing in front of people feeling like a hypocrite. And this thing would want to come back and visit him. And you see here Paul's statement to that. The devil comes and when our enemy says he knows you. That's a perfect opportunity to bring a friend. You see, when the devil knows me, and I know he knows me, he's got to know me. It's his job to know me. But when he sees something different in me, that's where the power's at. When he sees consistency in me, that's where the change happens. And we see Paul here, and he said unto me, when I asked him to remove this thorn from my side, this scar from me, this, this, this annoyance from me when I asked God to remove this from me, he said to me, we got to talk to God and have conversation like Paul did. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You don't have to be strong all the time. But you got to acknowledge when you're weak and that you need him. The problem is that we don't acknowledge the weakness and give glory to his strength that he gives us. And it says here, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore... Will I glory in my weaknesses? You see, when we say, God, I'm, I'm grateful to you, Jesus, that you're not done with me yet. Thank you, Father, because you know what? Scratches are every day. Thank you, Jesus, for healing my scars. But the scratches are every day. Strength comes. I will glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. How many of us need 
his power to rest upon us. But when you got power resting on you, it's there for you when you need it. But you've got to acknowledge that even though you're weak, you can be strong in him. Your weakness does not define his power. You see, we think we're weak and we make him weak in his power. That's the way we do it. But he says, no, 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 no. My strength is in your weakness. When you acknowledge it, when you acknowledge that you need me is when I'm there. And you bring a friend to your meeting with the devil. Maybe that's all the devil's waiting for. Maybe that's all the devil's waiting for. He sees you walking in, and you're like, whoa, okay, what's this? Who's this? Who's this guy you brought? He don't ever bring him. Yeah, you know what, devil? Those scratches? He told me all I had to do is bring them anytime. Why don't we all stand up, brothers and sisters? This is a process. This is a journey. This is an instant. This takes seasons. This takes time. You won't get it your way. But you'll get it from someone who's perfect in every way. It may not be the way you thought of it. It'll be the way you needed it. Never would have imagined, God, the day you found me. The word of God is powerful because it says he found you aborted by your mother on the side of the road. Oh, look at this story. Aborted. Listen how God found you with your umbilical cord and still bloody. Your mother just left you. It paints a horrible picture. In Ezekiel. And he says, he went and grabbed you and washed you and cleaned you, and he raised you. And it sounds good, right? Too good to be true, right? And then it says, and then you look and desired what your mother had that aborted you and the pleasure she was in of the world. So I had to leave you. I had to let you leave me. Listen to this. 
Listen to this, brothers and sisters. Kids, let your parents listen to this, kids. And so you went and you did what your mother did. And you got raped and beaten. And it describes how you were raped and how you were beaten. It's like, oh man, this is horrible. And I came back and I took you again. Oh, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to know who this God is. This God, this merciful, loving God. The world, the world wants to say all he is is judgment. They don't want to recognize his love and mercy and that he, he waits. He's waiting. He's giving it a little bit more time so more people can come to him. I want to come to you today, Father. I want to receive from you, Jesus. I know how you found me that day, Jesus. Abandoned by those that loved me here on earth. You took me in your arms twice. If we turn to Acts 8.22. This is a very important story. It talks about here. The gentleman by the name of Simon. And I'm not talking about Peter. Peter actually had a conversation with him. Because he was a man. He was a man the Bible refers to him as a magician, that he would cause miracles. And he made a lot of money off of these miracles. And he saw the apostles come in to his town. And they were doing this without money. And they were doing this without smoke and mirrors. And so Simon tells them, how much can I pay to give people the Holy Spirit? Peter says, oh, you've mistaken this. This is something you cannot pay to receive. God gives it to you freely. But you need to pray and ask for forgiveness because you've offended God in this. He says, what can I do? What can I do? Read, read it. Chapter 8, Acts. And he says, repent, therefore, of thy wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of thy heart may be forgiven thee. And we read verse 23. For I perceive that thou art of gall, you, you, thou art in the gall of bitterness. You know what gall means? Anybody know what gall means? Proud bitterness. You see, there's not only a bitterness of hurt, there's a bitterness that we are proud of. Like it's given us character. That bitterness gave you character. A bitterness sometimes keeps you from here, being at the feet of Jesus. Jesus. 
That's a fire that can, purification can happen. That's the musicians that pass up. And it says here, and in the bond of iniquity. You got proud bitterness and you're locked up in your iniquity. Look what he says in 24. Then answered Simon and said, pray ye to the Lord for me. This man, this man that was idolized in his town for his works, this man who was proud in his bitterness because he was showed up by a true God. He humbles himself that day and he tells them, this is what you got to do with your proud bitterness if you have it here today. He told him, he told Peter, I pray ye to the Lord for me that none of these things Pray ye to me that none of these things which ye have spoken come upon me. Brothers and sisters, we have plenty of moments, plenty of opportunities, opportunities for forgiveness to come to Jesus. This isn't just a coincidence. This isn't just a calling. That's regular in churches. This is something that when you have opened that last door and you are there in front of Jesus with your scar and all your scratches are demagnetized and you see it, if you see it this morning, then you find Jesus there. There's an opportunity for us to converse with Jesus and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 I need you, Jesus. Jesus, I'm hurting, Jesus. Jesus, I'm lost, Jesus. Jesus, I see it, Jesus. I can see the scar, Jesus. I see it, Jesus. It's right there, Jesus. I didn't know it was that, Jesus. I didn't know it was that void, Jesus. I didn't know it was that from such a long time ago, Jesus. Jesus, I see it, Jesus. If you see it and you see him there, to tell him, I accept, I accept your stripes, Father, as a replacement for my sins. I accept your scars as a replacement of my sins. Let the healing begin. Let the healing begin, God. Let the healing begin, Father. I want the healing to begin. It's me holding it back. It's me and my pockets in my waist holding it back. It's me and my proud bitterness holding it back. But it doesn't change what you did for me. It doesn't change what you did for me, Father, that day. Why don't we pass up here and pray to the Lord and ask him, Father, now that we're both here at the scar, we ask for your healing to begin. Oh, Jesus, let your healing begin.